It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On MLB, your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast where we talk about all of Major League Baseball, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. In this episode, we are going to be looking at the best game ones of the division series for this past decade and taking a little trip down memory lane for some of the games that kicked off the postseason, at least the postseason series, and gave us a feeling that we were going to have some really great Octobers. And I bet you forgot some of these great games that I'm going to bring up today. This show is available on the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the places you get your shows. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MLB. There's some great stuff that's going online right now. And you can follow me personally at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball on Instagram. We're here on the fourth day of December 2019. There's, of course, some big hot stove league stuff going on as Moustakas has signed with the Cincinnati Reds. The Braves, uh, sorry, the Padres just signed Jerks and Profar. Red Sox catcher Sandy Leon was sent packing to the Cleveland Indians, and it's looking more and more like Zach Wheeler and Anthony Rendon are going to get the kind of contracts that, well, let's just say they can pick up the tab at dinner. So, let's take a look, though, as I'm continuing our series of the best postseason games of the 2010s, Game 1 of the Division Series. Once you get past the wild card game and any play-in games, you get the series. And a series has a different feel than a one-game playoff. A game one, you get a sense of, okay, is this going to be our year? Is this not? Is this team that has high expectations going to meet them? Or are they going to fall on their face? And are, which player is going to be the unlikely player to spark an October rally? Or will a superstar show up and earn their money. Let's first talk about the top American League game one of the division series because, quite frankly, the top National League one for me is an absolute no-brainer. And if you stop and think about it, you would agree with me. But I had a little harder time with the American League because there were some very good game ones of the division series, but no clear-cut classic like there was in the NL in the period of time between 2010 and 2019. You did have a game where the Yankees and the Twins squared off in Target Field's October debut. Remember, the Twins had home field advantage over the Yankees in 2010. The Yankees were the wildcard team in 2010. The Tampa Bay Rays won the division. The Twins took an early lead thanks to a Jim Tomey homer in the opener, but the Yankees rallied late and they spoiled the Target Field October debut and went on to, surprise, sweep the Twins. In 2013, the A's and Tigers had a rematch from their wonderful 2012 series, and they locked Antlers in a 3-2 Detroit victory. The Tigers scored three runs in the first against Bartolo Colon, but then the A's held them. They didn't score after the first, but unfortunately for Oakland, Max Scherzer, 
was pitching for Detroit, and he struck out 11. The Tigers held on despite their shaky bullpen, and the Tigers took game one of that series. In 2016, the Cleveland Indians played the Red Sox. Now, the Red Sox took an early lead in that game, and they got a couple of home runs early in the game, including one from Sandy Leone, who I just mentioned has gone from the Red Sox to the Indians. But the Indians hit three homers in the fifth inning to take the lead, and then Terry Francona did something that raised a lot of eyebrows in that game. He brought in Andrew Miller, one of his top pitchers, the top relief pitchers, into the game in the fifth. There was going to be no tyranny of the save for Terry Francona in that year's postseason. They saw the Red Sox were rallying in the fifth. He brought in his big gun, Andrew Miller, to relieve uh, Trevor Bauer. And he wound up squashing the rally, and the Indians' bullpen shut down the Red Sox en route to a three-game, what turned out to be a three-game sweep. In 2018, the Red Sox were back in the postseason, and they were facing the Yankees. Now, and it seems strange to think about this because the Red Sox basically plowed through the 2018 postseason, but a lot of people thought the Yankees were better than the Red Sox going into the playoffs. J.D. Martinez homered early in that game in Game 1 of the 2018 Division Series, and Chris Sale pitched well, and the Red Sox held on to a 5-4 win. But you know what? None of those games are the game that I'm going to pick as the top Game 1 of the Division Series, because I think when you think about some of these games, you think about, well, how a series could have bounced this way or another if something interesting had happened, and if one of the superstars came up big. In 2014, Kansas City stunned the A's in the wild card game, and the Angels, who won 98 games as opposed to the Royals' 89 games, had home field advantage throughout the American League playoffs and were favored to beat the Royals and move on to the ALCS. This was also supposed to be the coming-out party postseason-wise for Mike Trout, who was finally seeing October. Jared Weaver was pitching for the Angels. The exhausted Royals were throwing Jason Vargas. But it was the Royals who struck first with Alcides Escobar doubling home Moustakis in the third. But then Chris Iannetta hit a game-tying home run in the third and making everyone in Anaheim think all was well in the world. Omar Infante gave the Royals a 2-1 lead in the fifth. And then David Freeze, remember David Freeze? He tends to come up big in October. He hit a home run to tie the game in the fifth. And then it stayed tied 2-2. Two to two. In the bottom of the ninth inning, the... Uh, the Angels' leadoff hitter, Gordon Beckham, got hit by a pitch. He got to second on a bunt ground out by Eric Ibar. But then Tim Collins struck out Josh Hamilton. Chris Cron uh, walked, and Chris Iannetta lined out to end the inning. Calvin, uh, Kevin Jepson, reliever for the Angels, wiggled out of a uh, first and second situation in the 10th. And then in the bottom of the 10th inning, Cole Calhoun singled. Danny Duffy on the mound faced Mike Trout. If Mike Trout had homered, he would have had a walk-off victory and basically starting his postseason career with being the ultimate hero. If he had doubled, 
chances are Calhoun would have scored. But instead, Trout grounded out to shortstop, forcing Calhoun out. Pujols and Howie Kendrick both struck out. It's funny, Pujols and Howie Kendrick were World Series heroes for other teams, but didn't come up in that game against the Angels. In the 11th inning, Moustakis, we keep bringing him up, homered to give the Royals a 3-2 lead. And Greg Holland got Beckham, Ibar, and Hamilton out 1-2-3 in the 11th inning. The Angels were stunned in that game in that extra inning loss. Trout, look at, I don't mean to pick on the guy. He's one of my favorite players of all time. But he went 0-4 in his postseason debut with a walk. If he could come up big with an extra base hit, the entire tone of that postseason could have been different. Instead, it was the best game one of the division series in the American League of the past decade. And we are going to get to the National League because there is an undeniable baseball classic that we're going to bring up. But I want to bring up right now Away. Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on during checkout. Listening on the go? If you can't visit Away right now, you can find this and all of their offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Okay, let's hit the National League right now because as I've teased, there's an all-time classic here. Now, that's not to say the all-time classic is alone. There were some really, really good games in the 2010s for Game 1 of the Division Series. In San Francisco in 2010, Tim Lincecum made his postseason debut and made it count throwing a complete game shutout and a rare postseason complete game shutout in that the final score was one nothing. Bruce Bochy trusted Lincecum from start to finish, and the Giants started what turned out to be their World Series run with a shutout of the Atlanta Braves. In 2014, as the Angels stumbled against one Missouri team, Kansas City, their counterparts, the Dodgers, stumbled against the Cardinals in a strange manner involving a future Hall of Famer. The Cardinals were trailing Clayton Kershaw 6-2 in the 7th, and then all hell broke loose. Carpenter homered, Matt Holliday, or Carpenter doubled, Matt Holliday homered. It turned into a catastrophe, and what looked like a Dodger cruising to a victory. Remember, that was the year Kershaw won the MVP. It turned out to be a 10-9 St. Louis slugfest. Hey, another Kershaw start, another Kershaw loss the very next year in 2015. This was not a bad game pitch by Kershaw. He struck out 11, but as it turned out, Jacob DeGrand struck out 13, Daniel Murphy homered, and the Mets took the opener 3-1. Now, in 2016, we all remembered that the Cubs wound up winning the World Series, but they still had the curse hanging over their head, and the San Francisco Giants were playing in an even year. So it's hard to us to really think back and remember, but there was a sense that maybe the Giants could beat the Cubs in 2016. And the opener was a fight. It turned out that John Lester and Johnny Cueto both had their pitching going for them. And the final score was one nothing. A Javier Baez home run made the difference. The other 2016 Division Series game 
was a Clayton Kershaw victory. Hey, how about that? Yes, he did win some games in October. He outdueled Max Scherzer as the Dodgers beat the Washington Nationals 4-3. to Hmm, I wonder if that matchup of the Dodgers and the Nationals will come up in future episodes. Uh, in 2018, I bet you forgot this game. I forgot this game. The Rockies scored two runs in the ninth inning. They were trailing 2-0 going into the ninth, and they rallied to tie the game and send it to extra innings. But Mike Moustakas, man, I'm bringing up Mike Moustakas a lot today, aren't I? Mike Moustakas hit a walk-off single to give the Brewers a 3-2 victory. And just a few months ago, the Cardinals were trailing in the eighth inning. They had a big rally to tie the game took a big lead in the ninth, and the Braves came up short, and everyone's talking about Acuna not running out of the box, but in the end, it was the Braves' bullpen that fell apart, and the Cardinals took the opener 7-6. to six. All those were thrilling starts to those respective series, but none of them will have the thrill of a game played on October 6, 2010. We brought up that the early games of postseason are a chance for superstars and potential Hall of Famers to shine on the October stage. Well, the Philadelphia Phillies in 2010 were back-to-back National League champs, and they brought in Roy Halladay to the mix. And Roy Halladay was a wonderful regular season pitcher with Toronto, but how was he going to fare in the bright lights of October. In game one of the series against the Cincinnati Reds, he, well, I think it's safe to say, had his good stuff. He got out Brandon Phillips, Orlando Cabrera, I bet you forgot that Orlando Cabrera played for the Reds, and Joey Votto, one, two, three. By the way, that was Joey Votto's first game in the postseason as well. Chase Utley hit a sacrifice fly in the first. Uh, Roy Halladay himself singled home a run in the second. Shane Victorino drove home a run in the the second, which basically knocked out Edison Volquez and gave the Phillies a 4-0 lead. Keep in mind, Roy Halladay himself had an RBI single in this game and scored a run. But that wasn't the story. The story was inning after inning, Roy Halladay just kept shutting down the Reds' offense. Now, Jay Bruce drew a walk in the fifth inning, and that was the sole blemish on the game. Inning after inning, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And in the top of the ninth inning, Ramon Hernandez, catcher of the Reds, popped up to the Phillies' second baseman, Chase Utley. That was out number one. Miguel Cairo came up as a pinch hitter and hit a foul pop into uh, it, to the third baseman, two away. Up steps Brandon Phillips. With an 0-2 count, he hit a little squibber in front of home plate. Carlos Ruiz picked it up and threw to Ryan Howard. And with that, Roy Halladay, like Tim Lincecum, began the postseason with a complete game shutout. But it was holidays that everyone will remember as he threw the first postseason no-hitter 
since Don Larson's perfect game in the 1956 World Series and the first postseason no-hitter in National League history. It was a masterpiece. And Philadelphia fans went berserk, and Roy Halladay started the postseason in 2010 and started the 2010s with really one of the great postseason games of all time. And man, how time and passage of time and everything in our history can be overwhelming and sometimes cruel. As this decade began with Roy Halladay etching his name into the record books and ended with him no longer with us. Isn't that incredible? Roy Halladay started this decade with the first great postseason moment. One of those moments that will survive the test of time. And now he's dead. He's in the Hall of Fame, justifiably so. But he's gone. And when I talk about the past, present, and future all happening simultaneously in baseball, we cling to these memories because they can change their emotions and their values as the world changes around us. You know, I'm sure nobody thought Roberto Clemente's performance in the 1971 World Series was poignant until he died a year and a half later. Nobody saw Roy Halladay's no-hitter over the Reds as a tearjerker. But now you pop it in, and you can't help but have that bottom lip quiver and wonder what could have been if the Phillies had scored a couple more runs in some of those games that we'll mention later in the show. So there you have it. What were the best game ones of the division series for this decade? I would argue that the 2014 extra inning clash between the Royals and the Angels was the top one in the AL. I can't fathom an argument for a game other than the 2010 opener between the Phillies and the Reds and the Roy Halladay no-hitter. So, tomorrow, what are we going to do? We're going to cover Game 2 of the Division Series and what classics were played then. So, follow us on the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the places you get your shows. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Lots of fun stuff is being posted on there. Keep it up, Eric. And also follow me, your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Going down the recent memory lanes and finding a few tearjerkers along the way. This has been the Lockdown MLB Podcast for the fourth day of December 2019. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.